Ladies and gentlemen, hey yo, fellas, 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 let's finish up week 13. Week 13, we're getting there. We're getting there. Week 13 with Monday Night Football. A lovely week 13 where the Sony Michelle hits, the Alexander Madison hits, the number one play on the entire slate for leverage in George Kittle not only hits, but breaks the MFN slate. Hopefully you were paying attention. Hopefully you watched that one, dude. Hopefully you had the Patreon stuff, whatever it might be. We're going to tell you right now how to get the leverage plays, how to find the top plays for not only the captain spots, but the entire slate tonight. So let's get into this bad boy and let's slide on into it on a late night on an early morning. The sun's not even up yet right now. An early morning for you beautiful people. So we're going to start up top with salary pricing, most expensive player on the slate, Mr. Joshua, Josh Allen here up top. Against New England. This is a good matchup. You have the top two secondaries in the NFL. Number one, Buffalo. Number two, New England. Some of the best defenses in the NFL. Arguably the two best in the NFL for how they've been playing the last six weeks of the season. And we'll have one team in the Patriots that Josh Allen is going to face trending completely upwards here. So Allen is going to have about a neutral, a positive 6% pass blocking advantage. The New England pass rush ranks 20th in the NFL. And Allen is averaging about 280 yards per game on 37 attempts per game. The man has 17 or more fantasy points in every game but one, and he has 20 fantasy points or more in six out of his last eight. And that's going to matter tonight because the game total, if you have not paid attention yet, the game total in this game where they're expecting some foul weather is currently looking like a 41 implied game total. We haven't seen a game total that low in quite some time. Now, when I speak on that weather, that weather is going to be wind chills that are going to be potentially, it's not really too much about the snow that might happen. It's going to be wind that is going to hit gusts of 50 miles per hour. Now, if you know me, I am Mr. Sally doesn't care about weather until the caveat, until it changes the Vegas implied total, which here it has in a massive way. This game total opened at 48 implied points. It is down seven. It is down seven points. Aaron Rodgers is worth seven points to the spread to the Green Bay Packers. We saw that earlier this year. From a 48 team total down to a 41. So what is that going to do? Well, obviously, it's going to hurt the upside of downfield passing for Joshua Allen here. But it's also going to hurt the downfield passing for Mac Jones, and it's going to be a neutral playing field. The other thing to keep in mind is that wind gusts are only really going to affect passes of 20 or more yards. It's not going to affect a wind gust for these quarterbacks who are throwing rifles and darts out there, a 15-yard slant, a 10-yard pass, a 3-yard out. So it's going to affect those 20 to 30 yard moon balls and it definitely will but again wind gusts they gust they're not going to be happening the entire time so it'd have to be the perfect scenario into which the wind started to gust and that deep ball was thrown which again this is probably going to happen two to three times per game per team so i do think it is going to be a factor when they're hitting 50 miles per hour we're not going to blink at that i just think it's going to be still overrated but the total has dropped seven points so we adjust that we put that into the projections that being said josh allen is still my highest projected player on the slate by over four fantasy points tonight the ownership that i currently have coming in on him is 76 percent. i think that that ownership is fine i think that based on his overall point upside and his mobile mobility mobile mobility how about that one josh allen is firmly in play today as a yes for me his teammate stefan diggs at this price point of $10,600 is where it starts to become interesting. I'm going to like him. He is my second highest projected player in the slate. I have him projected for two more points than anybody else not named his quarterback, Josh Allen, and he continues to be as consistent as they possibly come here. I mean, you have Stefan Diggs right now. He has 15 or more fantasy points in nine out of 11 games this year. He's basically getting the double digits in every single game. He has 15 or more fantasy points in six straight games, continues to find the end zone now on a very solid 25% target share on 9.2 targets per game. I mean, Stefan Diggs has been very solid, but now 
now he gets a number two secondary in the NFL, where Bill Belichick is going to say, let's stop Stefan Diggs, and he gets the downside of the weather if he indeed beats his man off the line of scrimmage, which is great running routes. If he indeed beats his man, he gets a downside of now the weather can potentially impact some things. So if you're asking me right now, out of the guys, and there's only three of them that are $10,000 and above, if you're asking me to choose between the two expensive ones in Allen and Diggs, I'm going to lean to go to Josh Allen here. That said, Stefan Diggs is still in play for me, but I'm going to lean Josh Allen if you only had to pick one. Now you get to Mac Jones, where it's difficult for me to justify the Mac Jones $10,000 price tag as of right now. We'll see where the ownership comes in. I currently have Mac Jones as the lowest owned of these $10,000 players by a decent amount. That being said, though, Mac Jones, I only have projected for like 14 fantasy points. Mac Jones so far this year, he has only cleared 16 fantasy points in four out of 12 games. And now he's facing his toughest opponent yet, the number one secondary, in a bad weather game. So a man who struggles to get to 16 fantasy points, which 16 fantasy points at $10,000 might be enough for this slate, depending on who else scores. But to get to it becomes a lot more difficult. So at $10,000, if there was one player above $10,000 that I did not want to get to, it would indeed be Mac Jones, but it's going to depend on ownership and the content you're playing in here listen up this is going to be very important for leverage plays and this is why we had a very big and successful week 13 the most successful week we've had in about two months in dfs was just embracing leverage and chaos even more on these wacky slates and this is indeed a wacky slate with wind and a 41 implied team total and two really good defenses right it might be very low scoring so embracing that chaos here and saying okay will billy b take away a stefan diggs and also what type of environments are we playing in or am i playing in a single entry contest is it a small field the smaller the field the better in my opinion if it's a small field maybe you lean both quarterbacks there maybe you take in the sure thing of 12 to 13 fantasy points of a mac jones hope for that 16 to 18 plus fantasy point day but you take those short points because there's a really good chance that stefan diggs is going to be neutralized here or at least a greater chance than usual given the matchup in the game environment so that's another thing to keep in mind now you get down to these next two plays there's only one guy so here you go there's only one guy in the nine thousand dollar range one guy in the eight thousand dollar range and in my opinion they're both overpriced now the thing that damian harris has going for him is he's a running back you might see them lean on the run a little bit more here the thing that he doesn't have going for him is he's running in a three-headed backfield yes a three-headed backfield brandon bolden has been playing pretty consistently around 30 percent of the snaps ramondre stevenson in the last two games has played 20 27 to 32 percent of the snaps leaving Damian Harris to only get to play in these last two games 42 and 36 percent of the snaps I mean if you're only getting somewhere around let's just call it 37 38 percent of the snaps and you're priced damn near ten thousand dollars you're going to need to score two touchdowns to pay off in those last two games he's had 11 and 12 touches it's basically been a split backfield with Ramondre Stevenson and on passing downs two minute offense third down and longs it's Brandon Bolden out there so the upside for Damian Harris is going to solely come from needing two touchdowns now Damian Harris Harris is still going to be owned by about a third of the field. Give it 30 to 33%, 35%. So with that being said, if you are somebody building one lineup, if you're playing 150, even 20 lineups, you're not going to get 0% Damian Harris. But if you're playing just one to two to three lineups, I'm going to put a no on Damian Harris at this price point because he's in a three-headed backfield. You get down in pricing about $1,200 and compared to Damian Harris, I think you get a more reasonably priced Kendrick Bourne who has been involved in the offense, but it's not like he's getting a massive target share. Like at this point, his routes have gone up in four straight games, seeing 24 routes in week 12 which is the second highest he's seen all year Mr. Kendrick Bourne and it resulted in five catches 61 yards two touchdowns on six targets again the two touchdowns clearly getting him there if anybody scores two touchdowns on a showdown slate they will be needed likely be 
needed in the captain spot if you score a touchdown at all on this slate where there's only what right now 41 implied points so five touchdowns are going to be scored in this game maybe yeah you're definitely probably going to be needed depending on your price tag but he's the consistent slot target right now at this price point though he's very touchdown or bust so you get to the pricing and it becomes interesting it's a very interesting game theory slate because yes Allen Diggs and Mac Jones do provide some sort of points upside floor to them because of how uh, the position they play for quarterbacks and how involved Stefan Diggs is then you get to Damian Harris who is clearly overpriced you get to Kendrick Bourne who in my opinion is clearly overpriced here Kendrick Bourne if you're playing one lineup would become a no for me but it becomes very interesting to see what the ownership is as the day goes on if Kendrick Bourne only comes in as 20% on today on the live stream later today at 6 p.m east coast time I am definitely going to have interest if he's only going to come in at that price tag because the wind is going to pick up Kendrick Bourne playing out of the slot will be more likely a target for Mac Jones and a priority so if you're playing in one lineup in a really small field event I probably don't have to go here for the risk but if you're just playing in a, a mid to larger field tournament I think Kendrick Bourne remains in play and really more so because of the fact that you have Kendrick Bourne and Damian Harris both in the same price range I would prefer Kendrick Bourne to Damian Harris and before we keep going to what I think is the better part of the slate I'm going to let you know about the props that I currently have taken as of this morning potentially more as the day goes on and on the live stream later tonight we will do some community props I've taken and, and these numbers are extremely low partially because the low total and the game environment of the wind I'll take Cole Beasley who operates out of the slot so these deep passes aren't going to be as much of a concern I'll take his over 26 and a half receiving yards I have Cole Beasley tonight for 44 receiving yards so massively over this number we take the over there we use the code sal we get a free bet up to 100 dollars. and on the opposite side of that game i take the over 18 and a half receiving yards for nelson aguilar now nelson aguilar we're going to get to him in dfs as a solid price point guy i have nelson aguilar for 29 receiving yards so i don't even have nelson aguilar as having a good game the wind could affect some deep opportunities for him but he moves into the slot about a third of the time he and mac jones in general does not have a deep yards per attempt yards per target on nelson aguilar is fine so i think the wind is not going to play as much of a factor uh, maybe for his one deep attempt a game but not as much as a factor for an 18 and a half especially when they adjust for the win on offense so we take the over on both of those guys we use the code sal i put 50 bucks on this one to try and win 150 we use the code sal we get a free bet up to $100. If you're not familiar with it, it is prizepicks.com. And when you sign up, if you tell them you came from the name Sal, there's a link in the description below, you get a free bet up to $100. Why not use it on a lovely divisional Monday night football match when you're sitting back, relaxing, maxing all cool with your beer, with your brewski, with your friends, with your significant other, or with yourself in a water bottle, whatever it might be, get some free action on the game tonight. Prizepicks.com, code Sal for that. And since we were talking about him right there, let's start on him. It's Nicole Beasley at $7,800. I mean, in my opinion, it's hard not to have interest here. Maybe not overwhelming interest on Cole Beasley because, look, this is what you're basically getting. You're getting Kendrick Bourne to be $800 more than Cole Beasley, even though, in my opinion, they have similar roles in their offense. You're just seeing Kendrick Bourne find the end zone more. And that being said, for Cole Beasley, he really hasn't been healthy all that much. He finally got back up on Thanksgiving to his normal usage role of 70% of the snaps. He's been dealing with a rib injury the two previous games before that, and on those 70% of the snaps, you saw go out there and have five catches for 46 yards on five targets i mean that's all we want for the prop tonight right but if cole beasley can even do that tonight get close to 10 fantasy points tonight he might be involved he might be needed he might be actually viable at 7800 because of the fact that there might not be a lot of scoring i like that he's getting healthier i like that he's on the field more i like that he has a the higher team total here he's out of the slot for about 25 snaps or so so if you're telling me to pick a guy right now the seven thousand dollar range is where i start to look at players and go okay yeah i like those dudes the ownership on cole beasley looks to be relatively decent and around like a third of the ownership or a third of the field owning him 33 percent now on the opposite side you get jacoby myers who jacoby myers is not finding the end zone nearly as often as kendrick Bourne out of the slot jacoby myers though does not run deep routes down the field so i'm not too concerned about him with the weather he had in that last game a team high 
eight targets. So he's still getting all the volume in the world. In that week 12 game, he had five catches for 98 yards, just misses the 100 yard bonus. He does that tonight at this price point of 7,200. He will definitely be in winning lineups, in my opinion. He's the leading wide receiver on New England with a 24% target share. And I currently have him for about the same fantasy points as Cole Beasley. We have them getting there in different ways, maybe a little bit more volume uh, for Jacoby Myers, more after the catch, potentially for Cole Beasley. They play different positions, uh, generally speaking, the same position, but slot receiver versus outside X receiver. Um, so, yes, I think that, and it really depends on what the day is. Sometimes Nelson Aguilar operates as the X, but Jacoby Myers is cheaper than Colby's. They have him projecting out similarly. So this is where I go. So I think a good amount of the ownership in this range is going to gravitate towards Jacoby Myers and Cole Beasley. Nothing overwhelming, but just a good amount of it, which is why I keep Kendrick Bourne in play as a maybe, because although he's expensive, if you have that additional money and you can get different in your lineup, there's a chance Kendrick Bourne is 20% owned in your contest tonight and Jacoby Myers is 40%. I'll take the discount on the ownership on a showdown slate leverage to try and get some usage and some upside there if that's the case, if I can find the money. Next up, we start to get to a range that honestly becomes a dead range, but somebody's going to have to do it here, right? Somebody is going to have to have a four catch game or a touchdown along those lines. Like Matt Breida right now, he's coming into this game against New England with the fourth worst run blocking advantage on the week, and that's not great. He only played 32% of the snaps in that last game as the running back, too. That was with Zach Moss inactive for the game. Zach Moss with a healthy scratch, and Matt Breida operated as the RB2. Now, he looked good on tape, but that still only led to, in week 12, nine attempts and two targets. So I'm expecting if Zach Moss is a healthy scratch again, right? Big if, especially for a game that looks to go run heavy here. Zach Moss was getting phased out, though, so there's a good chance that he is. I'm projecting Zach Moss out. I would expect Matt Breida to have somewhere around 10 to 12 touches in this game. For Matt Breida to have 10 to 12 touches, you're going to probably need at $6,600, either a touchdown or a big play in the receiving game. We'll keep it in play because that's going to be kind of the answer for everything here. Next up is Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is the clear wide receiver three. He got the Marshawn Lattimore treatment for the majority of the game on Thanksgiving. It only led to three catches for 28 yards on three targets. And you might be saying, no, Marshawn Lattimore was on Stefan Diggs. At times he was, but the majority of the game, it was Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders has not topped 10 and a half fantasy points since week six. These two high coverage zones, which you're going to see the Patriots most definitely run tonight against uh, this Josh Allen team, it's going to give them trouble. It's, it's as simple as that. It's going to give them trouble. I expect more attention to be on Stefan Diggs tonight. Emmanuel Sanders was thriving off of the deep balls, though, and the wind gusts should change that. If you're asking me to choose between in the $6,000 range, Emmanuel Sanders and Matt Breida, I would choose Emmanuel Sanders solely because of the upside that wide receivers have for variance, the variance you've seen on that upside for Emmanuel Sanders specifically from his ceiling outcomes tonight. So I do think that he's in play. If you're asking me about captain options, I think that the best captain options on the slate are going to come from those obvious plays we've already talked about, like a Josh Allen, a Stefan Diggs, a Mac Jones, just because their points are so damn secure relative to other players on this slate tonight. Other options would be a Jacoby Myers. I think Cole Beasley is relatively in play there, but I'll go with the upside of a Jacoby Myers, just more overall down passes that go more downfield, nothing too much to have the wind jump into it. And because of that, I'll, I'll actually say Emmanuel Sanders is a captain option. So top five captain options, if, if you don't want to get too frisky and risky with like a defense, something like that, I would say is going to be those five names. The three guys up top, Jacoby Myers, Emmanuel Sanders. I could probably be talked into by the time the live stream comes uh, Cole Beasley as well. Next up on the slate is going to be Ramondre Stevenson, who we, we don't like Damian Harris. I mean, look, if you want to play Damian Harris, just play Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson is $4,000 cheaper than Damian Harris, and he's going to play, I don't know, 30% of the snaps to Damian Harris is 35% tonight. He's going to see eight carries to Damian Harris is 10 to 11 carries tonight. So just play Ramondre Stevenson, right? And if anything, there's a chance that Ramondre Stevenson can see more usage tonight. He has a positive 47% run blocking advantage. All these running backs for New England do today against Buffalo. In the last two games, yeah, you've seen the snaps go down with Damian Harris back to 27% 
and 32 percent leading to just nine and 13 touches in those two games but again if you get nine and 13 touches that's an average of what 11 touches per those two games with damian harris back if you get 11 touches out of a 5600 dollars running back on a showdown slate a showdown slate that is lacking any real upside and value it's going to be in play so he's going to be in play for me next up is going to be a couple of tight ends so look, you see some tight ends some kickers some defenses popping up as we're starting to get towards the value range and yeah dawson knox is definitely in play he's been an every down player since returning from injury he's played 98 percent and 90 percent of the snaps in the last two games so yeah dawson knox is definitely in play he's seen four red zone targets during that time in the last two games and it's led to like you saw on thanksgiving a two touchdown day Strong price for a tight end tier who has touchdown upside, I think, at $5,400. If you're asking me to choose a $5,000 player this week between Ramondre Stevenson, Dawson Knox, and the man who's up next in Hunter Henry, I would be choosing in this range Dawson Knox. The man does not leave the field. He's going to run 25 to 30 routes, and I expect him to be involved in the red zone. The opposite could be said for Hunter Henry. I mean, maybe not the opposite. He's definitely going to be involved in the red zone. He's going to run some routes, but maybe not a lot of routes. The problem with Hunter Henry is just the fact that if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not doing anything for you, as can be seen in the last two games when he's literally scored under five fantasy points in each game he has at least one red zone target game in every single game since week three it's just getting low volume like you're getting literally two to three targets in most games maybe four out of hunter henry and if he's not finding the end zone he is closing out games with one to two catches for 15 to 25 yards and at 5200 he needs a touchdown right so it is touchdown or bust city he is the ultimate touchdown or bust player probably this entire season is going to be hunter henry here so hunter henry is in play touchdown or bust but i would prefer the tight end from the buffalo bills and dawson knox so we're below five thousand dollars before we keep going i will build start to build out a super draft lineup um they have a twenty five thousand dollar contest tonight if you're not familiar with super draft it's lovely there's no salary cap you play whoever the hell you want it's a multiplier based format so it's a multiplier based format but the contest also doesn't fill this contest has over 1400 people in it and that's how much can potentially fill it it'll probably fill out like 1200 people so you literally have to face 200 less people for the money it is the best spot to put your dollar risky tonight if you're indeed trying to win money and since it is multiplier based it really just comes down to what you think projections are on players and lucky for you i have projections tonight for these guys on super draft so the projections for super drafts are showing me that i believe cole beasley based on not only his projection but his multiplier is going to be your best captain option on super draft tonight you can fill in the rest after so i think cole beasley is the best captain option there tonight uh this is just kind of like a mock little lineup of josh allen josh myers or jacoby myers and mac jones and you have to fill in one more guy so that's going to be super draft uh, if you want to play cole beasley in the captain spot if you want to get an option tonight over on super draft to potentially win that twenty-five thousand dollar contest you use the code sal and you get a free 25 dollar rooskies over there the proud partners and part of this show with prize picks going to be superdraft.io code sal for a 25 dollar ruski for free credit to play over there and now let's close it up with the below five thousand dollar plays devin singletary is a guy hard not to like if there's no zach moss again he had a very impressive on thanksgiving 68 percent of the snaps in that game he led buffalo with 15 rushing attempts he had one target on a catch so he ended up having 16 touches i'm gonna expect similar usage maybe it goes closer to 60 40 with matt Breida. but out of all these guys down here it is going to look impressive i would prefer devin singletary to a hunter henry you get both of the kickers here and this is the big thing 50 mile per hour wind gusts how involved are the kickers going to be how and if they are involved how is long is it until the wind gusts are going to become a factor? So the kickers are in play, but uh, less so than usual, tread lightly tonight. Their projections are going to look decent, not great, but six and a half to seven and a half fantasy points or so is going to look decent when all these guys are kind of projecting out for similar as a kicker, but their points are not as secure. One, because it's a lower game environment, which a lower team total is actually somewhat good for kickers. It means more field goals, less touchdowns. So more three points to five points and less point after attempts, right? 
But the weather is interesting here. If I had to choose one play between the kickers and the defenses, I think both defenses are clearly in play. If I had to choose one, I would choose the $3,800 Bills defense. One, they're the cheapest, not by a ton, but they are the cheapest of all these kickers and defenses. Two, they are facing the lower implied team total of Mac Jones and the Patriots. And Mac Jones doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I understand that. But the Bills will be able to generate some pressure here. And more so in general, it's just a pricing play for what is all very similar priced teams like the defenses and the kickers here are basically projecting out for like six to nine points all of them might as well take the one that is the cheapest if they're all kind of the same thing so this becomes a very quick dead range right like Ramondre Stevenson below six thousand dollars he's not secure Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry let's be honest here I mean Dawson Knox has a little bit more upside without a touchdown independence of touchdowns but for the most part probably touchdown or busts and then you get to Devin Singletary who is somebody you never really want to rely on but if you're going to get 15 or so touches or even 12 touches at 4600 it's going to be a bargain and then the kickers and defenses is take you down to the bottom of the slate where you get some guys you don't really want to play but they have some upside here like a Brandon Bolden who's going to be playing about 30% of the snaps he's consistently playing 30% of the snaps he only has four attempts though on the ground in the last three games he's getting you there more so through the air he has nine catches in the last three games on nine targets so expect in this game maybe two to four checkdowns especially with the weather two to four checkdowns to Brandon Bolden at 3200 you're probably more so than not from a two to three checkdown performance looking at five or six fantasy points and that doesn't sound like a lot of 3200 but it's a good chance that he beats out the kickers and defenses at six fantasy points and you get him on a discount the most obvious play below this price tag that I think people go to and if the ownership gets too high I currently have it coming in at 28 percent double the ownership of Brandon Bolden Bolden, similar to the ownership of the defenses and kickers, even a little more than there. But I think Nelson Aguilar is going to pick up a lot of ownership. Look, he's just a wide receiver too. Like even though Kendrick Bourne's producing the most, Kendrick Bourne plays out of the slot. Uh, you're getting the most routes and snaps, 84% of the snaps in week 12, the most he's seen since week two. And in that game, he produced three catches for 20 yards on three targets. And here's the thing. We already have his over 18 and a half receiving yards. So he would have barely got there last week with 20. He's not heavily involved in the offense. This team doesn't throw a lot in general. Mac Jones doesn't throw downfield often. So all the wide receivers, he zones in on Jacoby Myers. He's now zoning in on a Mr. Kendrick Bourne. In the red zone, he looks at Mr. Hunter Henry. So you get Nelson Aguilar, yeah, kind of being the afterthought, but he should not be priced at this low on a showdown slate when he's going to be going out there and running 25 routes. He's averaging 28 routes run per game. It is not often that you get at $3,000 a wide receiver who is athletic with downfield usage who is averaging 28 routes per game. So yes, although he's picking up ownership, I don't think it's too dramatic yet. 28% projected ownership on Patreon. If you want my projections on rankings, ownership, all that stuff, and optimizer, Discord access, even more to start off your lovely month of December, you can check it out down below. The rest of these jabronis on this slate, Jonu Smith. Look, Jonu Smith's coming off of a game, I believe, where he saw like almost a career high, the most he's seen since week five, not a career high, but this season high with the Patriots, the most he's seen since week five, four targets, right? But he only ran 12 routes. The most he's ran since week eight when he ran 14 routes. So you're not getting much here. You're getting Jonu Smith to run like 10 to 12 12 routes four targets is likely not going to be his high he'll normally see two to three targets so expect two to three targets which means expect one to two receptions for Johnu smith and at this price tag of 2400 it is touchdown or bust for him we'll keep him in play for that reason gabe davis is the clear wide receiver four for buffalo i think a lot of people know this that keep track of just fantasy in general and to prove that in the last three games he's only ran 33 total routes but it has led to 10 targets in three games 179 yards seven receptions so expect in this game probably around two to three targets maybe four it keeps him in play at 1200 the problem is his deep ball shots that he sometimes gets for touchdowns are going to be somewhat limited with the weather if you ask me to choose between Gabe Davis and Jonu Smith I mean I think they're both going to run 10 to 12 outs and half the price is Gabe Davis so I'll take Gabe Davis over Jonu Smith after this Zach Moss I currently have him not playing he was a healthy scratch last week we'll track the inactives on the live stream 
game. Isaiah McKenzie, I don't think you can go there. He's only been over three fantasy points once this entire season, and that be, that came on just an end-around jet sweep rushing touchdown against the Jets a few weeks back. And Nikhil Harry is not part of this offense. He is technically the wide receiver four on this offense, but he only ran one route in Week 12. He ran seven routes in Week 11 in garbage time, catching both of his passes on two targets. So I'm not expecting much usage here. I don't think he's in play. So the best play, if you're asking me, if you're like, let's do it this way. The best play below, let's say $4,000, I think is Nelson Aguilar in the Bills defense. And then if you're looking for even below that, the best play below $2,000 is Gabe Davis. I get asked a lot, who's the best play below 1,000? There's nobody. Like, if Zach Moss is active, I'll say Zach Moss. He might have, like, six carries. Um, but if Zach Moss is inactive, you're choosing between Isaiah McKenzie and Nikhil Harry. I would expect Isaiah McKenzie to play, let's say, 8% of the snaps to Nikhil Harry's, let's say, 5% of the snaps, so if that helps. But it's an interesting slate. It is a low-scoring slate, so take on variants and take on weird things happening. If you end up going to a Josh Allen captain spot or a Steph Diggs or a Mac Jones captain spot, they're obviously expensive. It becomes a lot more difficult to fit the rest of your lineup together, but it is possible, but you're probably going to have to build through the kickers and the defenses. This is a slate with a 41 implied team total and heavy win where the defenses are very much so in play. And the defenses in the captain spot I don't normally like, but I do think they naturally give you leverage, and tonight they will be in play. They're not my favorite captains by any extent, but they will be in play. I think defenses look better than kickers tonight for obvious reasons of low total games, less offense moving the ball, and the win being a massive factor at 50 miles per hour, lowering the total by seven points. So Bills defense, Patriots defense, that's some cheap options for you. Nelson Aguilar, the mid-range is very touchdown or bust. Get your guys up top who are somewhat secure. So that's where we're at. We'll be live at 6 p.m. to close up this slate and close up the week 13 slate. And then we slide up on into closer to Christmas, closer to week 14, closer to Christmas, closer to officially being Xmas Sal right now, but closer to officially being Christmas Sal, Santa Sal. How you doing? I appreciate y'all tuning in today. Before you go, support the sponsors of the show, Prize Picks and Super Draft. 25 free bucks on Super Draft, 100 free bucks to play with over on Prize Picks. Code Sal for both of those beautiful sites. I appreciate you tuning in, and I'll see you all in the next one.